0: Welcome everybody to episode 11 of Dane Interviews. I am your host, Dane, of course. And today, in a matter of minutes, I will be joined by the owner of Dreams Unlimited Travel, the owner of wwinfo.com, the owner of disboards.com, and the host of the DizUnplugged. Unplugged. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Pete Warner himself. This is a great conversation. I know you guys are really going to enjoy it. And uh, let's be honest, you know, this is a this is a guy that, uh, you know, was one of the f- original Disney podcast hosts. I mean, if it wasn't for him, a lot of us wouldn't be doing what we are today. I mean, it was... I talk about this in the interview, but it was really him and I can only think of one other person, Lou Mangello who really started, you know, all this. So it's very cool to get to talk to him um, and hear all about, you know, his stories and everything like that. So let's get into it right now with...
1: I'm doing great, Dane. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for coming on. Let's get right into it. Um, what is your favorite Disney theme park? What is my favorite Disney theme park? You know, that changes um, over the years, uh, but right now I have to say Epcot. I have to say Epcot is my favorite. That's like my happy place. Mm-hmm. I walk into Epcot and that was the first Disney theme park I ever i ever visited um yeah. was epcot so i have a special connection with that park it, it kind of sparked my my love of disney yeah um and i kind of get that every time i go back in uh-huh. when was your uh, when was your first trip again Oof. i know you said it before but i, I it's, forget. <laughs> you know i i forget as well i i i know it was i i'm pretty sure it was 1992 um Maybe 1991. It might have been 91, but it was 91 or 92.
0: Yeah, that's a good year for Epcot.
1: I remember the trip. I can tell you. I can tell you every detail of that trip. I just can't tell you what year it happened in. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure it was either 91 or 92. Yeah, yeah. Um, What is your favorite Disney ship? The Dream. The dream. The dream. Right now, my heart is with the dream. I, I just got done doing, I did the preview cruise on The Wish. I did the maiden voyage of The Wish. And while it's a beautiful ship, I don't think I've spent enough time on it to fall in love with it. Um, the dream, on the other hand, I've probably done, I've probably been on five or six sailings since October of last year on the dream. Mm-hmm. And the dream is home. So I was kind of heartbroken when it moved (laughs) to Miami because, you know, it's so easy for me to get over to Port Canaveral. It's an hour drive. Um, But I'm actually, you know, considering I'm considering like driving to Miami to get back on the dream. (laughs) Um, I do have a, a trip booked on the fantasy and I love the fantasy as well. But the dream really is where my heart is right now. Yeah, since you said a newer ship, uh, do you have a favorite between the two
0: classic ships?
1: The wonder. The wonder. That's okay. the that's, the, that's uh, the one I haven't been on, besides the wish, of course. And and again, there's there's just there's not a lot of daylight between the magic and the wonder or the dream and the fantasy. They're almost identical ships. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, there are some styling differences. You have Art Nouveau on on uh, the, the Wonder Art Deco uh, on the Magic. Um, but, you know, layout-wise, design-wise, they're almost identical ships. So really, for me, it comes down to um, my experiences on them. And I'm getting ready to do what I think is my sixth Alaska sailing on the Wonder wow. uh, uh, next week. And so that has a lot of positive memories for me and those memories attach to the ship for me Mm -hmm. so it's nothing about the ships themselves that make one my favorite over the other it's just my experiences on them and i think that's true for most of us
0: yeah definitely definitely um is the uh the alaska is that going out of los angeles
1: no 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 the alaska goes out of vancouver
0: oh Uh, okay,
1: okay so yeah those sail out of vancouver and uh there was a couple of seasons where it went out of seattle but uh generally speaking they have to stop because it's a you know it basically goes to u.s ports alaska's alaska ports are u.s ports mm-hmm. they have to stop in at least one foreign port otherwise they are obligated to follow u.s labor laws mm. um And it's considered a cruise in in U.S. waters. And so uh, on the Seattle sailings, they would stop in, I can't remember, I can't remember the port, the name of the port, in Canada, in order to get around that law. Um, But when they sail out of Vancouver, they're automatically getting around that, that particular restriction, so.
0: I'm looking up the, uh, the ports on the Seattle really quickly. Um, it's just going to take me a while. So you said, uh, Epcot was the reason that you first started become like a Disney fan. Was there other, uh, elements to you becoming a Disney fan? Because you are from New Jersey, which is where I'm, I'm, I'm in PA. And unfortunately, not close to Disney World at all. Uh, So was there any any other things that made you become a Disney fan?
1: I had, you know, I watched the movies as a kid, you know, the usual. But I wouldn't consider myself a Disney fan really prior to that visit to Disney World. I'd always wanted to go as a kid. Mm. I had a friend whose family went every summer and he would come back and he would tell the stories about how wonderful Disney world was. And I begged my parents, but my parents couldn't afford it. Um, So I always promised myself when I was old enough, I would go. And I had an opportunity when I was in my mid to late twenties to go. I had one day I was on a business trip. I had one day to spend in the parks and that was enough. That was enough. I was so enamored with you know if you've never experienced a disney theme park you know my 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 point of reference you're from pa so you'll know six flags great adventure uh in jackson new jersey that was my theme park that was close to home and i went there as a kid every summer uh you had annual passes um so that was my point of reference and then you go to a disney theme park and it's just
0: it's yeah it's
1: night and day yeah so that really, uh, it, sparked my, it sparked my passion. It sparked my mm-hmm. passion. And like I said, that was 91 or 92. And then I started uh, the Diz, www.info.com. I started that in 1997. So uh, from that first trip, there were several trip, more trips uh, in the ensuing years, mm-hmm. going from once a year to twice a year to three times a year uh, to starting the Diz. And yeah. uh, the rest is history, I guess.
0: Now, was there one moment that you can specifically remember started that fandom? Like a ride, or maybe you saw something when you were in Epcot?
1: Um, anything that- I, I distinctly remember both Spaceship Earth and Horizons. Um, I was heartbroken when Horizons went away. Heartbroken. Uh, but it was... Overall, uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. And I was newly sober uh, the first time I went. I was only sober, I think, at that point, about a year or two. And the larger than life, everything was clean. Everything was happy. Everyone was nice. Um, there was that magic in the air. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, this is what I did drugs to feel like. And so my addiction kind of switched from <laughs> drugs and alcohol to Disney, and it's an addiction that I've had ever since.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So you mentioned uh, when you
0: originally went on that trip. Um, when you originally went on that trip, you were still living in Jersey, right? You didn't, That's correct. You didn't move yet. Was being closer to Disney World the only reason you
1: moved? Well, at the time, my partner... Um, had gotten a job with Disney. Now we had talked about wanting to move to Disney, move to Orlando eventually, mm-hmm. to be closer to the parks. That was always the goal. Yeah, that was always the goal. Um, and when he got the job offer from Disney, it just made it made it possible. That was his dream was to work for Disney.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and my dream was to start my own business. So I said, if you get your dream, I get mine. <laughs> and. We, you know, we had enough money saved up where I could not work, not go to not go to work for a year. I had a year to get the business going.
0: Hmm.
1: If it didn't work after that, then I had to go back to a normal job. And here we are, twenty five years later, and so it worked. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, that business is uh, Dreams
0: Unlimited, but when you started the Diz. Did you, was the original reason to make money off of the site oh, and no. to um, you know branch out like you've done now, or did no, that no. idea
1: come later? No, um, that was that was necessity. Um, as a matter of fact, when I started the Diz, you know, friends of mine would say, "Oh, you should get some advertising going." And I'm like, "No, I'm not going to do that with this. I want this to be editorial. Yeah, I don't want you know." At that point, thinking that. Um, if I took advertising, I wouldn't be able to be honest yeah, uh, about what I thought. And I had, from the very, very beginning, that was my charter. I wanted the site to be honest reflections of what I thought about, about Disney. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until about midway through that year, that year grace period I had, um, that my attempts at starting a business – I was going to start a web development company and it wasn't going well because I'm not very good at it. (laughs) Um, It turned out. And I I said, okay, you know what? I have no choice. I have to take some advertising. Uh So we started taking advertising on the Diz and that started to do well, especially working with area hotels. And i ended up uh seeing how well we were doing booking rooms and off-property hotels and i'm like if we're mm-hmm. doing that well off property imagine how well we'll do on property and that's when i came up with the idea for dreams unlimited that was not quite a year after i started the Diz.
0: yeah when you came up with that idea um i mean there was nothing like it before now you have um I won't mention names, but I know a couple travel agencies that do the same thing that you. They say <laughs> imitation is the sincerest yeah. form of flattery. I'm a very
1: <laughs> flattered man. Yes.
0: Uh, so, of course, there was nothing like dreams when you started it. Was it hard to find agents originally when, um, you know, you just booked Disney World? So, was it hard to to start it? I guess.
1: No, in fact, you know. Um, I had the same problem in the beginning that I have now I have more people that want to be agents than I have spaces for agents. Mm. Um, and you know, we wanted Disney. I didn't want traditional travel agents. I didn't want people that had worked in the travel industry before necessarily. I wanted Disney fans because planning a Disney vacation isn't like planning a vacation to California, you know? Mm. Um, There's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of details that only a Disney fan is going to understand. And I wanted people that knew the parks inside and out. I wanted people that knew where every bathroom was. So, you know, I have fortunately Mm disboards.com. It's a great community, huge community. And I was able to tap the community on disboards to find agents to bring in.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh, that was our first batch of agents, and I'm proud to say that several of them are still with me uh, all these years later. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is going to be a tough question,
0: but uh, do you remember the first booking on Dreams?
1: Do I remember the first booking? I would have to look it up. I remember, (laughs) you know, because it's a a scenario where, you know, we – We quote unquote opened our doors um, and we got all these reservation requests in and then you got to price them out and Mm -hmm. uh, go back and forth. So I don't remember who the first person was that actually booked,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but I remember that we originally launched Dreams November 1st, 1999, and we were so overwhelmed with Reservation requests that we shut it down the next day because we realized we weren't prepared. Um, yeah. We were not at all prepared. It took me a couple more weeks to kind of gear up and change some things um, before we were ready. And we relaunched November fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine, and that's the official birthday of Dreams. Uh-huh. Uh
0: huh. Well, you just answered my next next question. I was going to ask if it was successful right. Away, <laughs> it was successful it, right away. Which it
1: was. It. To everyone's surprise, mine, John's, Disney's, Mm -hmm. uh, it was very successful uh, immediately. Um, And, you know, I look back, you know, and and Disney didn't know what to make of us because they hadn't dealt with anything like us before. Uh And all of a sudden, here's this brand new agency and they're booking more than agencies that have been doing it for years. Yeah. Um, So... They were kind of, they were curious about us, but they were also nervous because they didn't understand the internet,
0: <laughs>
1: and you know they were. I I I liken them in those days to like cavemen throwing rocks at the moon. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was an interesting time because we had a lot of politics we had to negotiate and navigate uh-huh. uh, yeah. in order to really develop the kind of wonderful working relationship we have with Disney now, I will say. Uh, I'm surprised, given how editorial I am about Disney and how I will criticize them. Uh, We have an excellent relationship with them, and I give them credit for that. Did they ever,
0: uh, when when they first noticed your business, did they ever, like, I don't know, try to get you to stop what you were doing or... I don't know. I don't know how to phrase this question correctly. We had,
1: we had more, we had more than one occasion where I was asked to remove content from the site. And I said, no, I will not. I will not take content down Um, because they, they didn't and they still don't really understand that you can be honest I don't tell people don't go to Disney World. I don't tell people don't do Disney vacations. I tell people if you're going to do a Disney vacation, stay here, don't stay here, eat here, don't eat
0: here. do it correctly.
1: <laughs> um, you know, that these are based on my experiences What I th- where I think your money is best spent. That's my job. And I had to remind them then in the early days and sometimes even now, um, I don't work for them. I work for my audience. That's mm-hmm. where my loyalty is. And my job is to tell them my truth, even when it's inconvenient to my own business interests. I mean, it was one of the toughest things I ever had to do um, in March of 2020 before Disney had uh, decided to shut down the parks and cruise lines uh, and cruise line having to go on a show and tell people don't come here. It's not safe. Yeah. It's not safe. Um, but you know, that's, kind of how we roll and i think that sets us apart from a lot of other a lot of other outlets
0: yeah and uh, i'm skipping ahead in my notes but when you started does unplugged and uh when you were doing uh when you were talking on Diz, wdw info um were you ever afraid that some of the things that you said were going to hurt your business
1: in the early days yes in the early days there was concerns that you know being willing to be negative about aspects of disney might hurt the business but we rapidly realized that was not the case in fact it established a relationship of trust mm. with the audience knowing that i have a business where i sell this product on one side yet i'm willing to be editorial yeah. on the other develop that relationship of trust. And that that's the coin of the realm for me, uh, that trust, which is why, you know, like right now I, I, I tell people, I said, you know, I just got done saying, I don't tell people don't go to Disney, but I kind <laughs> of do tell people don't go to Disney world right now because the price of a Disney world vacation versus the price of a Disney cruise line vacation, yeah. there's almost no difference. Um, they, our average, our average reservations about $4,300 for both products. Um, And given that I would rather spend seven days on a Disney cruise. The service is better. Foods included. Um, uh, I don't have to make park reservations. I don't have to jump through all these hoops. It's not, there's no, you know, genie or any of the other complications that have come in, in the last two years. To booking and planning a Disney World vacation. It's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the experience is a lot better. So, like I said, I don't tell them don't go, don't go to Disney. I may tell them don't go to Disney World, do Disney Cruise Line. But, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Uh-huh.
0: Now, when you started uh when you started Disboards, why'd you why'd you start them?
1: Uh um in those days, it was only, I want to say, a month or two after I started the Diz that I started the boards. And in those days, I, I was always working on the site. I was always looking for some new thing to add, some new functionality to add. Mm-hmm. And I came across this basic CGI script because in those days cgi was the thing um came across this basic cgi script for a discussion forum and i felt it was like a saturday morning and i had nothing better to do and i'm like well let's try that um you know i'd love to sit here and tell you that this was also a master (laughs) plan but it wasn't the entire thing the entire thing was oh that looks like fun let's try that
0: well i think that's what makes it cooler when it's such a simple idea or a simple thing, like you said. You came across something, and it just turns into something, you know, much bigger.
1: Yeah, blew me away. Blew me away. Um, the entirety of the last twenty-five years has been trying to trying to continue to build it, reinvent it, grow it, um, and finding ideas. The difference you know, pursuing new ideas. The difference now is that it's not just me by myself anymore. Now I have a team yeah. of people that we all come up with ideas and we all brainstorm and, and find ways to let, let's do this. Let's try this. What if we change yeah. this? This isn't working. Let's do something else. Um, which I love that kind of collaborative environment. That's my favorite, favorite part yeah. of my job.
0: Now here's another, here's another big question. Um, in the last 25 years do you have a moment that sticks out to you as the highlight of your career
1: the day we crossed a million dollars raise for give kids the world
0: it's a good one it's a good
1: that one. that day that day that i got that text that we had just yeah. crossed the million dollar mark um because honestly, you know, when I started that that effort to raise that money
0: mm-hmm.
1: I didn't really believe we'd do it. Um, I, I thought we, we would do it, but it would take it would take years. years and years and years and years. Um, and it did take years. it did take years to do. but again, you know, we just kept coming up with ideas. Let's try this, let's try that, doing marathon shows, doing mm-hmm. our our silent auctions, um, traveling around the country for a couple of years, doing shows and meetups in cities around the U.S., mm-hmm. um, doing things like that to try and not just raise money but raise awareness for the village and what their mission is because one of the things... Pam Landworth, the executive director, had told me at the very beginning is that, you know, we always need money, but we need people to know that we're here. Um, If people don't know that we're here, we can't help them. So I kind of took that on as part of our goal was to expose as many people as I could to Give Kids the World. And a lot of people did find out about the village uh, through our show, through our efforts, um, and needed to utilize the village. Um, So those stories, those stories are the ones that mean the most to me. But yeah, the day that we crossed the million dollar mark, that stands out as the highlight of my career.
0: It's a good one. It's a good one. So does unplugged probably the about easily the biggest um, thing that you do on YouTube, probably one of the biggest Disney podcast in the world Ever, You talked about it before that you weren't very uh, comfortable with your voice uh, when you originally started it. So when you originally started it, who were the original hosts?
1: Um, Nancy Quill and Gordon McAdams. They were radio personalities in Boston that I hired. We would script out each show. Mm-hmm and we would uh, send them the scripts and they would record in their own studio um but the audience they were wonderful they i can't say enough wonderful things about how professional and Mm -hmm. kind they were but the audience just didn't want scripted banter um but I made that decision because I thought I was terrified at the thought of doing it myself. Um, where do you, you think know, that
0: fear came from?
1: I have never having done it before. Never having it's done fair. it before. It's fair. Um I you know it's it's the internet putting yourself out there. Yeah. is risky. is risky. and you have to develop a thick skin. You yeah, have yeah. to develop a thick skin. And I didn't have a very thick skin in those days. <laughs> um, the only way you develop a thick skin is by getting kicked around a bit. And we've dealt with that, and you know, still deal with that to this day. Yeah. Uh, now I just, you know, I'm, I've I've learned how to separate trolls from uh, honest feedback. <laughs> um, and but it goes with the territory and yeah so there was a lot of just a lot of that fear um of of doing that but once we did it once we did you know nancy and gordon had gone on vacation and i didn't want to skip a show mm-hmm. so i decided okay let's give the because the audience was not responding well to the format yeah i'm like let's try something different uh, and We tried sitting down at my dining room table (laughs) and recording a show, and the audience loved it. The audience loved it, and that was really the beginning of the Diz Unplugged.
0: Now, is that episode the first episode that's on Spotify?
1: The first episode that you're going to find anywhere is the first one we did at my dining room table. I got rid of the the previous ones because – Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. Because for for interview prep, I went back to like the originals, and I was wondering if that because honestly, that first one didn't sound horrible. Like when I was hearing you guys talk about it, it was like
1: that that first the first one we were just scared. We were just scared. Um, But it was also you know this is where I realized the dynamic. We were all friends, right? Mm -hmm. These are conversations we have when there are no mics or no cameras on.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, The only difference is we're turning on mics and cameras and doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was what people responded to. And I'm like, oh, if that's what they want, that's easy. That's easy to do. So, you know, when we go into the studio and record a show, it's a group of friends sitting down having a discussion. We're going to have anyway. We're just letting everybody else in on it. And that's why I consider the audience the sixth seat at the table. And I remind my team that the audience is the sixth seat. And be sure you're including them in what you say. Be sure you're thinking about them in what we talk about. Because it's easy for us to get wrapped up in... uh, you know, we know this stuff, we do this stuff every day and we can get in, we can get wonky with our, our, uh, our opinions and our, our, our facts. Yeah. Make sure that, you know, we're explaining things so that people understand what we're talking about sometimes. Yeah. we'll use, we'll use, we'll, we'll use initials for things. We'll use uh, shorthand for things. And some people are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> So just be mindful of the fact that the audience is there with you. It's not just a one-way conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Did Bob help
0: you get over that fear of um, broadcasting yourself? Because, of course, he did that, um, you know, World of Mickey. So he had kind of experience um, doing a show like that with cameras and mics and
1: like did Bob that. help me get over that? I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that part of it was just to shut him up um <laughs> because he badgered me for years about World of Mickey, okay? His cable access show that he did in Massachusetts. He badgered me for years about doing something like that and at that point the technology wasn't there to do what he wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, but you oh, know,
0: YouTube was only a year old when you started the Dism Yeah, box.
1: yeah, and and it wasn't we had no earthly idea how to do a multi-camera, a multi-camera show. Yeah, again, we'd never done any of this. Right, everything we've done, we've had to teach ourselves. Nobody came in and taught us this.
0: And also, it's not like today, where there is a million, you know, Disney podcasts and Disney YouTube channels. Back then, there was only like what ww radio and even though this guy pr- doesn't really do the same thing as the does unplugged um you know inside the magic on youtube there wasn't a lot of things for you to kind of be the blueprint for you guys
1: well i and i and i still do this to this day i don't listen to other disney podcasts um not out of not for any other reason other than that, I want to make sure that what I'm doing
0: is original is authentic Yeah,
1: that I'm not saying, Oh, Hey, that's a good idea. Let me do that too. Um, and I kind of did that with the Diz. Uh, I've kind of done that with, with everything. Um, make sure my ideas are my own. Um, and I don't subscribe to the old adage, uh, good artists borrow great artists steal. Um, I don't subscribe to that adage. I really like, there's a, you know, there's certainly a certain amount of crossover, uh, with everything that we all do. Um, but, uh, you know, you mentioned dreams and how many other agencies have popped up over the years. Um, and I'm, Oh, sorry about that. That's that's
0: all right. That's all right.
1: I should probably check if
0: mine uh yeah. <laughs> I always mute my phone. I know you you yell well, at your that's, guys it, for it's that. Actually it's on time, my, so... That's
1: coming from my Mac. And if I mute the Mac, I'm gonna Oh mute yeah, you, you can't
0: hear um, me or me. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> um but uh the um you know I've I've always I've always tried to make sure my ideas are my own um, or the ideas that we, we come up with as a team. Um, So for that reason, I really couldn't tell you too much about who was around when we started the Diz Unplugged. I didn't pay much attention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. I tried to do the same thing too. I mean, the only one that like, isn't my friends that I listen to is, is you. But other than that, I don't, I don't listen well, now for the friends. same thing. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Then I don't listen to anyone besides my friend.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about a little bit about Bob. Um, okay. When did you first meet Bob?
1: Um, well, my first interaction with Bob was on the boards on Disboards. Uh, he was a prolific poster mm-hmm. and, uh, I had made him a moderator on our theme parks forum and he had come down to Disney uh, and wanted to meet, meet me. So yeah. we got together and that was 98, 98. Yeah, probably 1998. Yeah, that would make um, sense. And Bob had ideas. <laughs> Bob had ideas. Bob had ideas for everything. And I remember going to dinner with him at what was uh, the restaurant that's now um, Il Molino at the Swan used to be known as Palio. It was also an Italian restaurant. And I remember going to dinner with him at Palio and him showing up to dinner with this uh, milk crate. On a, uh, on a on a on a on uh, a on wheels, <laughs> full of files, full of files, <laughs> with all these papers, all these printouts and notes and things like that. And I'm like, this man is insane.
0: Th- that's even funnier that you say he 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 didn't live in Florida, so he brought that.
1: <laughs> oh no, he flew. He flew with that. <laughs> he flew with that. Um. <laughs> You know, I never thought about where he got the milk crate from. <laughs> uh, he, he must have literally he must have literally gone to like a Publix while he was here and gotten that milk crate. I just, until right now, I've, I've told this story a thousand times. I've never thought, where the hell did he come up with the milk crate? Um, but I remember distinctly him pulling this milk crate behind him.
0: Because yeah, there's no way he would have gotten that through. Not on through, a plane. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get a metal milk crate. If it was, I don't know if it was. No, no. It was a plastic
1: plastic milk crate.
0: Oh, even that, you probably can't get that through. I don't know how he
1: would have gotten that here, but he (laughs) he absolutely showed up with a milk crate full of files. And and right before he died, the show right before he passed away, um, you know, he always came in with uh, uh, a tote bag full of files and, stuff like that. And he just so happened that he left it. He accidentally left it here that, that last show. Uh-huh. and I still have that. And occasionally I'll go in and just go through just to remember him and think about him yeah. and cry. <laughs> yeah. How many
0: would you, uh, how many ideas have, would you say uh, <laughs> in that milk crate have come to fruition over the years?
1: Oh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say Bob was Bob was a prolific idea man. Prolific. Um yeah. Some of his ideas were crazy. Some <laughs> of them were great. Um but I I will say the Diz and Dreams and the show would not be what they are without him. I have no trouble acknowledging that. Um, yeah. That he added, beyond just his personality, he added so much. So much. The, the word prolific really suits Bob. Uh, he added so much. Yeah. And I can't, to this day, can't talk about him without getting choked up.
0: Yeah, he's uh he just he seemed like a like a really good guy. Um not to get you not to get you more choked up but were there any thoughts of ending the disunplugged after Bob's death?
1: Oh no. No, 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 just the opposite. No. Um like I said, he was a huge influence on that. Yeah. And The best way to honor his memory was not just to keep the show going. A show that he loved. But, you know, we named the studio for him, the Bob Varley Studio. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted, and that's why every show that's done from that studio, we say from the Bob Varley Studio, because I want his name remembered. I want people to ask the question, who's Bob Varley? Yeah. I want people to give me that opportunity to tell the story of who he was, um, who he was to us, and what his contributions to this are. Um, I feel as his friend... You owe him... I owe him that. That I owe him that. Yeah. So, no, there was never any consideration of ending the show after he passed. Um, you know, a picture of him... Uh, a character drawing of him uh, hangs in the studio. On the shelves behind my seat uh, are his ashes, um, along with his microphone. Yeah. Uh, he was a huge fan of Stewart's grape soda. and in that that tote bag he left in the studio, there was an unopened Stewart's grape soda. that's on that that's on that shelf yeah. uh, along with his animal kingdom hat, his microphone. Um,
0: Do you still have the cart cam?
1: Um I mean we have the video but the card I don't know where the what happened to the card is Well wife, I mean like
0: the actual camera on the No
1: the camera that that would be with his wife and I don't know what okay. what she did with that. Yeah. Um yeah. but that was just that he put a video camera on a monopod and duct taped it to his ECV or his EVC as he would call it. Um <laughs> and would drive around the parks.
0: I love those videos just because of how old, you know, how old specifically the Hollywood Studios ones cuz I love Hollywood Studios. So.
1: Oh that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is, is the one we did for Star Wars weekend. Oh, I love um, Star Wars weekend, yeah, that's a great one. We you know, that was my favorite. I was the one who who produced and edited that one. Um and uh that was, that was a lot of fun to do. And that was one of the things I always loved about Bob. Uh, he wasn't afraid to be the butt of the joke. Because <laughs> uh, he was in on the joke. He yeah. was in on the joke. Um, and sometimes people thought we were being mean to him. And he would, you know, he would come to our, def- when we would get criticized for that, he would come to our defense. He's like, no, they're not. This is just how we, we are with each other. Um, and you know, yeah, I miss him. I miss him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So one thing that, uh, uh, I've heard you say, and of course, Bob, you know, did the, it's a TV show, but it's kind of like a video podcast. When did you make that transition from just audio to the video podcast? Like you do it now,
1: uh, February, 2013, um, We had done it. We had started the process almost a year prior, buying the equipment, Mm -hmm. figuring out, again, how we were going to do this. Mm -hmm. And it went through several iterations between, I want to say April of 2012 and when we launched in February Mm -hmm. 2013. We went through several iterations figuring out what to do. But yeah, it was February, 2013 when we went video.
0: You of course mentioned the, uh, the Bob Varley studio. Uh, when did you, when did you build that? Cause of course that's, it's in your house. I, I don't think, I think that's your office um, that you're in right now.
1: Um, uh,
0: yeah, but, um, yeah, so the studio is in your house. So when did you convert, uh, two rooms? I, I believe,
1: Correct. um, to be the studio. Um, it was right after bob died right after bob died um we expanded the studio uh it had just been this one small room and a small and a a round table literally yeah um and fitting six adults in that room was (laughs) crazy um but i knocked that wall out between the two rooms and expanded the size of the studio right after he died um we all after he died we all you know john john and kevin were buying cars and everybody was doing something to deal with their grief yeah. Uh for me it was expanding the studio naming it after him um and going through that process because that was bob's dream the, the the whole video thing was bob's dream um yeah and going through the process of of getting that together uh all i could do was think that to this day if bob were alive we'd never we'd never get him out of that studio we'd never get him out of that studio and i think about what kind of incredible content yeah he would have created
0: yeah i mean you would have easily 10 more youtube channels
1: (laughs) oh easily (laughs) and he'd be on every one of them. <laughs> he'd be on every one of them. Yeah. Of course,
0: you do you do have multiple channels for all the different shows that you do now. Um do you find it hard to uh to not be on every single one of them? Because
1: No. no, would no. <laughs> not find that hard at all. Do you ever <sighs> want
0: to be on like if you hear I don't know if you listen, you probably don't listen to them, but um, if, if you do and you hear something that you're talking up there talking about, do you wish you would have been on that episode?
1: Um I get plenty of attention as the host of the Diz Unplugged, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to suck the air out of the room for on every show. Uh-huh. Um, and I have this incredible, incredible team yeah. of people that work with me. Um, and I want them showcased, I want people to see. Who these people are and why I chose them and why they're here, um, and so when a, a newer show like Off the Rails, um, Off the Rails is a great example of how I try and try and run this. They don't have to. They don't have to clear that stuff with me. If they have an idea, they're they're free. To just record it, just go ahead and create it. Um, I found out about Off the Rails when the first episode went up, (laughs) Um, and I watched (laughs) it back. I watched it back. I gave them my notes, like hey, one of
0: your notes. Maybe you should let me know when there's a new.
1: (laughs) No, no, they know they don't. I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that kind of restriction on these are extremely creative people, and the last thing you do with creative type people is is lock them in a sandbox um these people create better in a desert than a sandbox so um the last thing you want to do is have them feel like their hands are tied um i hire them because they're good i hire them because i trust them Mm -hmm. and there's no point in trusting like that if
0: if you're just gonna
1: gonna follow follow up behind them and micromanage them yeah um And, and that's like one of my favorite things is being surprised by a piece of content showing up that I wasn't Mm -hmm. aware of done. Um, have there been times where I've said, you might want to give me a heads up before you do something like this? (laughs) Yes. Um, there have been (laughs) occasions, but generally speaking, generally speaking, they know they're free to create and that's, that's what I want. I want them to be free to do their jobs and not feel like they're, you know, I'll say to them, we have to focus on this or it's been a while since we've done this.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, things like that. They'll get notes from me like that, but you know, outside of that, I want them to be free to create.
0: Yeah. I don't know how much time you have, so I won't keep you for much longer. I only have a, a couple more questions, um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about your team. Do you have a favorite member of your team?
1: Oh <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm I, just
0: I, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm, joking. Okay, I'm joking. Good. <laughs> No, I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) uh, um, The Diz Unplug name, Um, of course the the Diz stands for Diz. uh, Let's see if I remember Disney Information Station. Station, Correct. I always get it confused with Station or Services. Um, What was your thought process of creating that name?
1: Oh, wow. Now you're asking me to go back a long time.
0: I am I am I am. I know I should have asked you this I, when we had the when we had the mindset of back then, but I it just in my head. You know, I
1: really don't know. I, I really don't know other than I I never I never thought about it to be honest with you. I I never thought about it. Um that was just always the name. Um I mean, we're we're going back to we're having to reach back to May of May of ninety seven uh, when I came up with it. Just must have been as I was designing it the original the original version of the site mm-hmm. as I was designing it. Um, I came up with Disney Information Station and Diz for short. Um, but I, what my thought process was on that, I couldn't tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah, it just kind of popped into your head because that's right. what would yeah, happen. It- that's what happened with Big Beautiful Diz. It just kind of just came out of nowhere.
1: Right, right. And sometimes sometimes that's the best way. If you overthink it, if you overanalyze it, you end up taking the spark out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um whereas if you're if you're inspired by a if you if you get inspiration for something, um sometimes and I just follow my gut, like what feels right.
0: Mm-hmm. I uh it's actually pretty funny now that I think about um the the names popping in your head. When I first when I was first creating my channel, I um I originally came up with big beautiful disney and I was like maybe that's not a good idea if I want to want to reach um so then I shortened it to Diz and I was like that that might not be good with Pete. If he, if he ever like, if he ever, for some reason, you know, you might've accidentally ripped off somebody else's, else's name.
1: No, no. (laughs) Well, look, you know what? Disney, Disney could, first of all, you can't trademark initials. Yeah. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, uh, Diz is the stock ticker symbol for Disney. That's true. Ready? That's true. um, so now, if you're trying to pass yourself off, yeah, as,
0: as my company
1: official. using that name, then yeah. then that's a little different, but no,
0: no, I was never going to do that, but I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if this would
1: be. <laughs> do
0: you have a favorite show that you or your team does?
1: My favorite shows right
0: now. Now it could be past, like I love best and worst. Like I listen to best and worst all the time. Um, it could be a past show that That's you no longer back. do. Or, That's oh, coming back.
1: Thank you. That's thank coming you. back. Um, as soon as just waiting for a few things to fall off my regular schedule. And then I have time yeah. to do that. I love it. Um, thank you. But right now, it's like you're asking me to pick between my children i know um, i know
0: it's tough questions i, I always I, try to look with
1: these you know honestly honestly the tuesday show my live show that's what started everything that's yeah. you know so and i i i love doing that show i love doing that show but i also have great passion for dbc uh the dbc yeah. show um so it's it's really hard you know the dcl show i love the dcl show um i love doing dining shows (laughs) um so it's really hard for me to pick one but if i have to pick one if i like a gun to my head my tuesday show yeah that's my 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 oldest child
0: questions keep popping up in my head so if you have to go just let me know and i'll get a few more minutes okay i'll i'll very quickly with this and then i'll ask you the the one on the list um you mentioned the dining show um do you i i, I i'm trying to phrase this correctly because i don't want to get into like personal um you know i, I don't want to get too personal of course but do you get write-offs for the the dining show
1: um we handle that my accountant handles that very judiciously. Um yeah. I don't write everything off. Um it really depends on it really depends on a number of factors that you know he goes over with me, but mm-hmm. um that's something that's paid for by dreams. Yeah. Um Dreams Unlimited pays those bills. So that's not something I write off. It's something that, you know, the company would write off as, mm-hmm. you know, a business expense. Yeah. I was but just curious. Only cause... in certain, only in certain circumstances, only yeah. in certain circumstances.
0: Oh, I was just curious. Cause you always say about when you're reviewing, um, like the wish or something, you won't, if it's a Disney invite, um, you won't review that. It always has to come out of your pocket. um, so I was just wondering if the dining the stuff that comes
1: out like of that. the stuff yeah. that comes out of my pocket, generally speaking, I do not write off. Okay. Um, but um, dreams, it's a little different. Yeah. But yeah, no, we will not review anything we don't pay full price for, um, or publicly available rate. Yeah. So, yeah. A Florida resident rate. I'm even. I'm even on the fence about whether or not I'll review based on a Florida resident rate because Mm -hmm. it's publicly available, but only to Florida residents. Yeah. Um, so, but I like, you know, with Disney cruise line, I like to sell concierge. There are never any discounts on that. There are never any Florida resident rates or travel agent rates. So Uh, I have to pay full price for that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. One last question. Um, of course you love Disney cruise line and, uh, you go on the podcast cruises. Um, What was it like to do the first podcast cruise after the pandemic?
1: Oh, it felt great. That felt great. I mean, we had 500 people join us on that sailing. Um, A lot of them first-time cruisers, which was especially cool. I I love it when people come up to me and tell me, you know what? This is our first cruise. We did it because you told us to, and you were right. Yeah, I love those words. Um, and we got I got a lot of that on podcast crews. A lot of people exposed to DCL for the first time, yeah. and uh, you know, it's it's an awesome feeling. It's an awesome feeling to be surrounded by your community like that.
0: Yeah,
1: and get a chance, you know the one thing, the one, the one downside to what we do is it can be a one-way conversation sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's me talking at a camera, even though I'm mindful of the audience and I'm trying to speak to the audience. Um, so when I have opportunities where I get to meet folks and get to know folks and make friends, mm-hmm. um, I, I live for that. I live for that. So, you know, podcast cruise was a great example. I mean, yeah, made some great friends on podcast cruise, and love doing those. Love doing those. Yeah.
0: How about uh, when you were in the studio for the first time? Every uh, everyone was in the studio for the first time since the pandemic. How was that for you and your team?
1: Well, that again. <sighs> Nothing makes you appreciate something like having it taken away from you.
0: Yeah, that's definitely.
1: Um, and so it felt it it felt wonderful to see these people again. These are my friends, you know mm-hmm. these are not just people that work with me. Yeah, these are my friends and so being able to interact in person especially after an extended period of time being in isolation uh was was magnificent yeah yeah
0: all right let's wrap this up thank you for your time today pete um do you want to or if you have any uh shows coming up you want to promote or anything um could tell us about it
1: right now if you if you want not off the top of my head other than uh other than please go check out youtube.com slash dcl fan um for our dcl content i we've been putting a lot of great stuff up from the wish mm-hmm. um these past few weeks as a matter of fact my official review of the wish just went up yeah um and uh yeah, but this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me. No, thank you for coming on. I knew this would be a, I knew
0: this would be a great conversation. So I was very excited when, uh, when Josh reached, reached back out to me. Um, if you are looking for uh, a travel agent, uh, be sure to. Sorry, what is it again?
1: Dreams Unlimited Dreams
0: Okay. Yep. So. And uh, of course, if you want to uh, support me in any way, leave a like and consider subscribing. It would make me a very happy man. And with that, I will see you all in the next one. Have a magical day, everybody.